0: welcome to playwright a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play my name is ryan Heyman. you can call me h and i'm ryan quintel you can call me q so you got married this last week
1: i am sick on sugar from wedding cake as we speak you uh as
0: they say on the tacky cards you have your player too
1: Oh you my get god! To begin the ultimate game. <laughs> Truth be told, um, I was heavily considering. Jessica and I were heavily considering using the ice climbers as uh, cake toppers uh, for the wedding. The ice climber. called the icing climbers. <laughs> yes, right. They were climbing the icing of the cake. Um, but. Before we got the chance to do that, my brother got married earlier this year, and of course he had Wedding Mario and Wedding Peach, which was just <laughs> too good. And the fact that they were, man, it's like Nintendo literally designed Wedding Cake Toppers in those two things. Yeah. So I I stayed away from it. I said, all right, we have to do something else. And I, I actually went on Etsy, found a woman that does like, I would say amateur, but I'm paying her, I guess, professional 3D printed um versions of the logo that i made up for the wedding and so those were cake toppers i was like i used the whole thing as like a branding exercise because of course i did yeah yeah
0: that's um they should have a a video game version where they just sell video game stuff they can call Ezio. welcome to playwright <laughs> everyone for another week we're back good maybe. to have <laughs> everyone back we uh that's that's the way with things go around here. We we talk about fake video game pitches and make them into uh, make them into real nothings for all of you to enjoy at home.
1: Yeah, we you know we do our best. Okay, I mean Before... other
0: than actually putting in any effort to make the games, but other oh, no, that's than that, crazy. we wouldn't do that. That's madness. Yeah, we do we do our second best.
1: We leave if you hear about one of our games and you find something on itch.io or a website like that, then feel free to just give us credit for the original idea. I'm sure their creators would love that. <laughs> so yeah, go out hunting for things and attribute them to us. I, we, you know, we would love to hear about it. Yeah. You can feel free to just sue them on our behalf and yeah. we're, we're easy to
0: reach. You can just kind of like, you know, wire the money to us. Uh, we we're, we're sure you're good for it.
1: Yeah, we're we're happy to get litigious. And, you know, you guys know, we're kind of giving you the blanket argument. You know, you can't actually do this anymore on the internet. I'm realizing as we say it that never turn a mob against anyone in the event that our podcast actually gets insanely popular. Please be nice to anybody making video games. That's the big ones and the small ones. Please just just be nice. Yes.
0: Yeah. We are out here just to try to put some more positive energy into the universe. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, let's not be mean to anyone. Uh, With that said, Q, what are you going to be inventing wholesale today?
1: So I feel like we may have pitched something like this before, but maybe this is a different spin on it. I became fascinated with seeing screenshots and hearing people talk about uh, this game. I think it's called like a plague tale or something like Mm, that, where there's, there's a lot of rat physics in it. (laughs)
0: That's primarily what it's known for, the rat physics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, This is A Plague Tale Innocence. It's given a subtitle like they're expecting there to be more in the series, which, you know, this sounds like, uh, I I hope it continues.
1: Yeah, maybe I'm giving them uh, fodder for a potential new entry here. Here we go. What I'm thinking is I would like to play a game where I am actually playing as a rat um, and I have to kind of crawl around the sewers and locate somebody that actually has the plague and maybe I have different senses and stuff that help me kind of sniff out who has the plague Uh, and then I bite them and I get infected and then I go about infecting other rats and people and uh, just try to actually spread this is a pro-plague game uh, spread the plague look at a lot of those these days (laughs) Um, yeah very, very popular topic now uh, so you're spreading the plague around these different cities or towns, and maybe every city and town is different. Maybe it's randomly generated. I don't know. There's lots of details to work out. That's the pitch.
0: All right, let's get started. I'll start the clock there. So this um this reminds me a lot of the zombie type games that you see in. Uh, I think one of them became very popular in Halos. Uh, I don't whatever the custom matches were before they created a the Forge. Was it? Uh, where you can design your own levels. And so they gave you a lot of freedom with uh, creating your own uh, rule sets for uh, different types of of matches. It became kind of a community favorite, this zombie mode where one player would have a sword and everyone else would have a shotgun and that sword player would try to like sneak around the map, killing other players. And then as soon as they're killed, they transform into somebody with a, a sword as well and go and try to hunt down all the remaining shotgun players. That's that's interesting. Obviously, the, the push there was to not be infected and not become a zombie for as long as possible. Right. Um, but it seems like, in this case, the intention is to become infected, and there might even be a portion of the game where you are seeking out
1: the infection in the first place. Yeah, so I like maybe if if these things feel a little bit like one of these multiplayer maps or multiplayer rounds where there is a timer and you do have, maybe it's a small team of people that are all playing as these rats. You have to kind of detect what the plague is, right? So the first phase is locating and, and, biting, maybe Untitled Goose Game-like, trying to locate and awkwardly bite somebody Mm -hmm. that has the plague, and then kind of spreading it becomes the second phase, and you get a little heat map or mini-map where that shows the infection and kind of where it's going, and maybe that phase of the game feels a little bit more like trying to hunt down and determine... What individuals are going to have the most contact or the most spread, or maybe the spreading has to be done entirely through the sort of, uh, rat players. Maybe there are different colors
0: of plagues. Yeah. It's kind of like picking up a weapon in golden eyes, like as you're going around the map, You see like, okay, he has a red plague and they all have like different effects. And so based on the, the changes you want to see in the map around you, if you're a rat and you're affecting the humans or the other rats or something, then you can choose to infect with different plagues. Maybe there's one color that cures its opposite. So there's kind of like a weapon triangle thing going on here. Maybe there's ways you can mix the colors to come up with the uh, complementary colors that have different effects. You know, there's, uh, yeah, I think there's things we can do.
1: I like the idea of maybe having multiple plague types and then having to get a certain percentage infection by area. And then you could do things where maybe one type of infection battles another kind of infection, right? Mm so you're you're trying to strategically place these infections so that they have as much potential radius as possible, but they're not really gonna overlap much with another. So you're actually like planning out, oh, okay, I'm gonna drop uh, sort of this <laughs> this this it sounds so morbid this disease over here and this one over here, and I'm gonna like try and get this one between them because neither of those are reactive to this sort of middle one.
0: Maybe instead of sickness plagues these are kind of mind control plagues and as you infect people with one of the colors they kind of become your color kind of like in the tony hawk pro skater graffiti matches or whatever and so as you're biting people they're becoming your color and they just start like fighting people of the other colors And so you see these, you know, these humans become very violent and and going and rushing at each other and punching each other and kicking and everything. And so it's up to you to not only try to get in there and just bite the most people. You're a a rat in an increasingly violent situation full of things that are much larger than you. So there's an inherent risk there. But also trying to strategize whether it's best to bite, you know, a small number of people over a large radius and kind of like come at the battlefield from all angles or whether you uh, just bite a bunch of people in one area and just kind of like Zerg rush, you know, make your, uh, make your army, but it's very concentrated.
1: That's interesting. That almost makes me wonder if there's not room to just sort of move this over into completely competitive match where every player is just starts as a, a rat with a particular disease type and then <laughs> you are going out and you're trying to bite people on opposing on that are either like, The non-infected people are the easiest to catch the infection. And then people that are already infected, maybe you have to go above and beyond or do something extra, bite them a couple times, or you have to bite a number of people in a vicinity in order to sort of get that infection spreaded or spreading in that way. So you kind of get a, uh, as the match gets more and more mature and the disease, like the population becomes more saturated with these diseases you find yourself in a situation where, uh, fighting for almost splatoon like dominance of the map, but it's a, it's a moving, shifting horde of a map rather than like just a static area you're trying to cover.
0: Maybe as you start biting people, obviously the disease can spread from human to human if they cough or sneeze or whatever. And so you get that kind of like slowly bleeding out effect. Um, as your color kind of radiates throughout the map uh, and you're trying to kind of slither through the groups and bite as many people as possible. But everyone's running away from you as soon as you start biting because, you know, you're a, you're a scary rat and nobody likes that. And so you can go towards other areas where people aren't suspecting you and are standing still. It's kind of like being a lion uh, hunting down wildebeests in the wild, but they're just like the lions. The humans that are already sick are the easiest targets because they're kind of mm. hobbling along they're moving slowly uh, it's easy to catch up with them so it's really easy to take the humans that the opponents have already infected like that's that's a relatively easy task but um just like you read on like hand washing solutions it says like kills 99% of germs
1: 99.99 ryle it's not we can't yeah, forget yeah. that well
0: you know rounding
1: down <laughs> <laughs> the
0: uh, the scientists always warn you, it's like, if it kills 99% of germs, that's not evenly and randomly distributed. That just means that there's 1% of germs that it just is like, cannot kill because right. it's very strong. And if those germs are the only ones around that are, you know, multiplying and everything, then you're just going to like culture a huge badass troop of like ultra germs. Yeah. You're going to make a bit of so, a problem, aren't you? Yeah. So as people are running away. Obviously, the fastest and strongest are the ones that are going to survive the longest. And so they're going to be the ones that are kind of like upgrading and picking up defenses as time goes on and becoming like real rat killer. So you can get in there. You can try to target them first. But towards the end of the match, you've got these uh, these real badasses coming out after you.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about these super germs, thinking about these super viruses. Yeah. So what what if it's like competitive in that way where you're trying to spread a particular type of plague but as those plagues mutate and evolve you have to sort of uh hunt down and devour a person that's infected with one of these hybrid wow. plagues and yeah this is getting dark and then you uh then only through like the process of devouring do you now uh you yourself can carry that particular type okay. of plague you get almost a risk situation where as things are as powers are consolidated people are forced to either like if you're losing so badly and you don't have Mm. a good enough percentage of the map you can choose to devour one of the victims of another plague and sort of automatically become a member of their team you'd have to like make it totally random so that there couldn't be communication it would always have to be sort of random matchmaking but you would have to see like in real time throughout a match alliances form and like suddenly people being like oh, red means business i think i'm going to i'm going to join yeah. team red
0: it would be fun if uh if the different players were different types of creatures that can carry diseases so you have yeah. like a rat swarm that's confined to the ground, but is pretty quick. You have like a mosquito swarm that it that can fly, but moves pretty slowly. Or you have just like the invisible germs that are passed from person to person. And so you can like jump between people and the other players don't know where you are because you're invisible unless they see the trail of people that you are infecting. Anyways, we're out of time on that one, so ah. let's go ahead and uh, and issue The Cure before um,
1: coming up with a name for this one. Um, Man, The Cure is a good name. Too bad it's already very much taken by a popular <laughs> band. What's that board game? A pandemic? Everybody put up that pandemic. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something there. You could do something where the whole thing is set in medieval times and call it like the plague or ye old plague or something like that
0: old plague is like strangely quaint and jovial for something like this
1: yeah um maybe there's a is what's the opposite of renaissance i guess dark ages if your if your goal your
0: aim is to spread the plague you could call it play games play
1: games oh that hurts my soul a little bit <laughs> Um, it's, it's, uh, just because it doesn't feel elegant to say, um, plague against the machine. <laughs> plague against the machine is fun. This is kind of interesting. It has kind of mixed meaning. What do you think about something like a uh, transmission
0: as a word? Transmission. All right. I, I think whenever I hear that word, I was thinking that was going to be like a car pun. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm all right with it. We can go for transmission coming to you and everyone around you soon,,
1: yeah, and if you really if you're really looking for all the words in there, we could do transmission colon play games
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's fun, it has multiple meanings, all right, so my turn I've been uh playing a game called Golf Peaks. Do you know this one?
1: Oh, is this uh, that Apple Arcade game? No, it is uh, before Apple Car-
0: Arcade. It's actually on, it is on phones, and it's also on Nintendo Switch and PC. Oh, this uh, is the is...
1: Switch game with the beautiful sort of geometric, yeah. isometric maps? Right, so it's a isometric
0: map that's made out of cubes, and you're essentially playing kind of like a game of golf but it's also a card game, so you have these cards at the bottom which represent the moves that are available to you, and so you can draw a card that is like, you know, hit it for two squares, or, you know, pop it upwards for one square, and then let it roll for two squares, and uh, just trying to kind of like, you know, sink those golf balls. Um, and it's it's fun, it's very, um, very difficult, I found, uh, I mean obviously it starts off easy enough as it's teaching you the ropes but it does definitely ramp up to Uh the point where it's like you know those types of puzzle games where you just like see the course every time and it's just like oh boy (laughs) yeah you're just filled with dread but you eventually figure it out um it's a nice little game i'd recommend people check it out it's very inexpensive um but it has a a really lovely seed of an idea in there and i went to kind of uh, expand on that in a different direction and go for a hex-based, turn-based mm. um, strategy golf game that is uh, competitive, two players. And so, you know, instead of um, instead of being so rigid about the, the cards and you know using your inventory to solve these puzzles, you are um kind of controlling a character like you would be controlling a character in like an RTS or a CRPG or something like that and using different abilities using you know whatever is at your disposal i want this to be kind of like civilization but for golf if we can mm. cross that bridge so i'm going to start the clock and see if we can uh, make amends here
1: i do like i do like the idea of civ golf um not just because the name is good but the The concept of having to, like, I think one thing that's interesting about golf is the construction, and you don't always feel it in a golf game, is the golf course. Um, You get this Mm -hmm. a lot more, that sort of feeling in a sim than you do in sort of arcadey golf games, which are very much concerned about the individual hole. And I'll be mad if anybody clips out me saying individual hole. That is not going to (laughs) be... But the idea of having like there's different types of units in Civ, right? That all have different types of movements or abilities in them. Mm-hmm. Like the scout, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to move very quickly with the scout because I'm looking to like settle down in a new place. Maybe there's something where units are kind of clubs or something. What it, right? That makes the most sense.
0: Is having you know, obviously you have different clubs for different scenarios. Um, yeah. I'm thinking like something like. Hotshots golf, but less, um, less manual. You know, less room for error, but still like a lot of the same factors. You still have to kind of factor in the wind. You still have to factor in your power, but like everything is grid based and number based as opposed to being not random but gradient.
1: I'm trying to think, like, what is it like to have someone fight back against you in that could you like personify something in golf like an incline or a decline like every time you go to take a turn almost like an animate object different parts of the course can shift around and like what was you know a bank to the left can can shift Mm. over and it's a bank to the right or something like that. And then you have so the more the sort of quicker you do things, the more in control of the layout of the hole that you are. Maybe you have a certain
0: number of like actions per turn, uh. and you can use maybe magical abilities or something like that. I don't know how abstract we really want to get here, or if there is a novelty in making just kind of like a like a nice puzzly like game that does a pretty decent game of golf. You strip away all that those elements but um i think that having shifting terrain kind of like uh into the breach would be an interesting addition to a golf game
1: i was just about to cite into the breach because i think that is a great analogy for this particular experience especially when i look at something like golf peaks it starts to tickle that into the breach sort mm. of uh, layout of your brain yeah and so if you had that sort of scenario where I don't know if it's other golfers or what I do like the idea of like the fire emblem esque. there are other golfers on the field and everyone's trying to hit their balls and has a certain amount of actions per (laughs) turn but then like there's these board games that I've been playing they're called forbidden desert and forbidden island and in these games uh the player goes and then the world gets to kind of go. And the world uh, mm-hmm. is always like ramping up the pressure on the players to think faster or react better um, in the next turn around. So, like the idea of the golf course, like Into the Breach, maybe things are getting set on fire or things are collapsing and. There are spots that you are going to potentially hit your ball were like how you were going to set up a bank or a dog ear or whatever they're called. You're going to take a turn with your golf ball from a particular spot, so you're going to hit it there. But that's collapsing around you, and those options are slowly being taken away till you really have to, you know, if you take too many putts or you take too many uh, whacks at that ball, then you're going to actually be in the most difficult scenario.
0: One of the games I've been playing recently is uh, on Apple Arcade. It's the um, Cricket Through the Ages, uh, huh. which is published by Devolver Digital. It's a very uh, silly physics-y game in which they start you off by going on kind of like a like a time travel adventure kind of thing, where you're traveling through history from the, the days when cavemen were fighting dinosaurs to the times in the future where people are inhabiting other dimensions and other planets. It basically just kind of like you pick up additional skills and stuff along the way as you're just kind of set in these silly scenarios of usually greatly unbalanced battles. Um, You can uh, swing your arm around and and throw a, a stone or you can, sometimes you're holding like a sword or something like that. Sometimes you're riding on the back of something, but all this time you are kind of performing a, a few basic actions to to do all of these kind of silly physics-based battle things throughout history. And then at the end of that, which I thought was going to be kind of like the whole game, they put you in a in a cricket match, like a you know, it's still a little silly, but it's like a lot more like straight-laced cricket match. Than uh, the silliness that came before, I kind of realized at that point, like how clever they kind of like Mr. Miyagi me in a way, like they taught me how to play cricket. Now, like I kind of understand what I'm doing in a way that like I'm an American. I have a genetic predisposition to not understand cricket. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, I, I like these games that approach a sport, but take it in a way that you don't even know that you're learning the rules. You don't even really understand that you are like learning to play it correctly, but then they drop you in a scenario where all of the artifice is kind of stripped away for a little bit and you see like, oh, wow, I have picked up the know-how and the skills that I need to succeed here.
1: That's interesting. And I one of the things that kind of reminds me of that is that concept of the course, maybe not getting more difficult, but collapsing around you and really reinforcing the feeling of what par is. Uh, and what a birdie and what an eagle is, like maybe the course starts more difficult and gets easier and easier. And so uh, you're kind of encouraged to try and hit the ball and kind of get that hole in one because you're going to be doing it in the the most difficult way. So you get yourself like suddenly you know three putts in and different sections of the course are appearing and different plots of land or sand traps mm-hmm. are being blown away and you're kind of mentally reinforcing to the person that like every additional stroke things are kind of getting easier on you I know that's kind of like anti what you would expect the flow of a video game to me so maybe there's something more interesting to be done with that yeah um how do we teach someone, what is golf really? It's hitting a small thing into another small thing very mm. far away. Maybe there's like, I guess
0: this isn't really true to golf, but maybe there could be levels where there's like a fog of war where you only have so much visibility and oh. you have general ideas of like what direction the hole is in, but like you can't see the hazards and until you get a little bit closer to them. So you can choose to play it safe and only go like a little bit at a time. Um, And of course, you know, get some additional strokes in there, or you can choose to really kind of just belt it and hope that you're
1: going in the right direction and you end, you know, end up not in the middle of a lake. What if you kind of took the approach that is almost coming at it from the opposite side that Golf Peaks is trying to come at it, where you are not actually golfing? But instead, you're mm. given a hand of abilities or cards or whatever, and maybe they're temporary, maybe they're permanent. As you see the ball hit different spots of the course, you are then able to place land tiles to kind of adapt to the next section of the hole. So you are trying to sort of encourage oh, okay. the the lowest score possible by designing a very favorable course uh, or a very favorable hole uh, throughout the course of play, and that's what the turns are for.
0: Well, let's um, let's close that down. We went in a lot of different directions, and as far as names go, I really like your statement just now. A very favorable hole.
1: <laughs> a very favorable hole is very good. Now I have <laughs> I've done two pieces of hole content this episode. I feel. you do. It's been. It's been, no pun
0: intended, the whole episode you've been at this.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. If we <laughs> if we named episodes based on what we said, that would be the name of the episode. <laughs> well, the we kind episode. of do in a
0: way, but... Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. The whole episode, by the way, also a good name for the golf game. That's, yeah, it is that's a good one. The whole game.
0: Yeah. Our community pitch today is coming from a uh, group that was kind enough to email us, um... Of course, we understand that by putting our email address out there, um, it is up to uh, up to the listeners if they choose to subscribe us to any weird newsletters. Those become uh, fodder for pitches as well. Anything <laughs> we receive in our inbox can become a video game pitch. And we're going to put that to the test today. You are a newly married man, so this will surely uh-huh. resonate with you. This comes from Bridal Bible Weddings. That is info at thebridalbible.com.au, so Australian. Like you do. I just want to describe the, so their logo is like, it's the B like- is like a heart with like a little extra bit on top to make it a B. but they, they, they put the B in both directions, so it's like a mirror image, I guess, to kind of fill out the heart thing, but it also looks like a pregnant woman am i just seeing things or is it looking
1: like yeah, a baby there? or two two butts kind of smashed together in a <laughs> way they're it's almost like the airbnb logo it looks like an abstraction of like four different private parts all at the same time i guess if you look at it in a certain way as well you
0: can see something that's very uh suggestive uh, very- Yeah.
1: It's also in pink. This is not how, you know, there's a lot happening. That's true. Yeah. This is a,
0: yeah, this is a troubling logo. Uh, (laughs) Seek it out. I was, I was, you know, just if it was like to meant to be like a baby bump kind of thing, that is kind of a funny thing to put in a bridal because, you know, it kind of like gives across the impression of like a shotgun wedding or something like that. You know, it's like, uh-oh. Now we well, we
1: better get married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we we did the thing. Grab the bridal bible. At this point, this uh website and logo will be included in the post for this week's episode. <laughs> so, you can you can check it out over at bridalcast.com. Right right uh this
0: is uh they build themselves as a Amer- uh, as Australia's wedding award-winning wedding directory. Uh they say, Ugh. "Have you heard? We have been busy." Firstly, in the last two months, we have signed up over 80 vendors across three locations, Melbourne, Perth, and Sydney. It brings us so much joy to connect with the local talented vendors across Australia. Secondly, we hosted a giveaway, $7,500 wedding package, to one lucky Instagram winner. Details of winner and supplier in our post. Click here. What the hell? Wasn't me. Uh, I'm I'm tempted to, to really dive into this... Uh, <laughs> this rabbit the hole here. Instagram hero. winner. <laughs> um, thirdly, we were nominated finalists to win Startup Company of the Year, second year running. Wait a minute. <laughs> you can only <laughs> start up once. I guess you can <laughs> remain in startup form for multiple years. But yeah, I, I suppose so. But suspect. Seems a, yeah. Um, at the Business Excellence Award, join our network and reach new clients. We have over 80,000 prospects, monthly and growing. How it works one, create a listing. Two, get more bookings. Interesting. It sounds like a like a band almost. And three, monitor leads and manage in vendor dashboard. I have no idea what this company does. Just by looking at this, I can't tell if it says connecting business to brides, which so, is also a little suggestive. <laughs> um, but um, I guess this is the way that people that work weddings like. Um, photographers or wedding crashers presumably um
1: yeah uh, of course
0: can can, i guess get in touch with those who are in need of uh, wedding assistance so with that let us put our heads together and fix all of australia's bridal problems uh with a video game pitch we're starting the clock there
1: um boy oh boy i like the how it works section that's probably our most gamey part of this right where one is create a listing two is get more bookings and three monitor leads and manage in vendor dashboard so are we are we making something of like a a wedding business simulator here. Uh,
0: That seems a little too easy. I'm going to not let us do that.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. Okay. Um, So um,
0: there's another section here that says what you get and they list off a bunch of things. There's listing on our website directory, quarterly uh, blog posts, collaborations, monthly special newsletter, sorry, monthly specials, newsletter to brides, Instagram shout out upon sign up. (laughs) That's nice. Um, And giveaway competitions, (laughs) So what really intrigues me is this monthly specials newsletter to brides. And I wonder if there's, if there's some, like, if there's some angle of like a, like a hidden radio station that, that broadcasts exclusively to brides, or if there's some sort of like bridal social network or something that like, maybe the the women are, uh, are plotting something against all the men, um. this is obviously a work of fantasy, and we're not working out our own <laughs> deep seated <laughs> fears. Uh, but just for the sake of a, a funny story, what if, like, what if we are like undercover trying to infiltrate oh. bridal spaces to spy on the women? I don't know. W- w- where does this take us?
1: Uh, you know, it, all this talk about destinations and parties and vendors, uh, what if you had a game that was like hitman but you were a wedding planner and you were going around to different people's weddings and sort of staving off disaster uh at every beck and call so you find yourself like going and making sure that like The caterers that are cooking dinner are not like burning something in the kitchen and then you're off to have the bar water down somebody's drinks so that they don't give too drunken of a speech. Mm. And so you're 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 kind of constantly saving the day. You're the invisible wedding planner. Um, you're, you're going and you're, you're stealing a camera and you're taking extra pictures because you notice the photographers are on smoke break and all this kind of crazy (laughs) stuff. What would uh, be funny to
0: throw an extra wrinkle into this since this is coming from the bridal Bible. If you are playing like actual Jesus, (laughs) like walking around (laughs) trying to fix the wedding, but trying to not let people discover that you're actually Jesus.
1: (laughs) Lord, I I always wondered why there were two shrimp cocktails in, <laughs> in my glass. So, man, I think the Jesus angle is tough. Maybe
0: bridal Bible, or you could be a guardian angel or something like that. And so you put on disguises, but
1: yes. maybe you
0: start like glowing and shining through them after a little while. So they're only good for. For a time you have that hitman angle of like people will recognize you if you're not in the right disguise.
1: They're not using Bible in the way an American business would use Bible. Which is
0: interesting because like, I mean, I, I was interested that there doesn't seem to be any religious angle on here. No, not at all. Which based on like a bridal thing and something that is uh, excessively wholesome in its presentation, you would think like this is prime pickings for religious Um, religiosity, but that is not the case.
1: I'm on their Instagram right now for inspiration and I'm not Mm -hmm. seeing a, a cross or a religious symbol of any sort appearing. So they literally just mean like, <laughs> bible in the sense of your go-to book. Oh, maybe there's like are you like also crafting kind of a storybook wedding? You have to like assemble all the variables of a wedding in the kind of like a wedding maker sort of style where you're piecing together you're like they're going to go here and then the events are going to be this this and this and then that you kind of build your own level and then you go in and save it because you kind of know all the stuff that went into planning it
0: i guess what does that look like is that something that you do post talk or is that something where you are maybe it's like a word game where you're kind of like using a limited bank of words to fill in blanks madlib style it kind of plays off of like double meanings and stuff but you have to make a wedding run smoothly based on the script and description that comes out of it. And then you can kind of see like a little cartoon enactment of what happened.
1: So you have a list of vendors and maybe you have like a, you know, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. You have some sort of like conversation with with the bride to be. And she's like, oh, I'm really looking for uh, this type of food and this type of thing. And you're doing your best to like pick a bunch of vendors. But then you kind of know what those vendors need additional help with every vendor is bad at a particular thing and so you're kind of always assembling a new group of strengths and weaknesses which means you are at different points in the wedding worried about different things depending on the sort of vendor lineup that you you have mixed
0: or there's um kind of like in grand theft auto when you're putting together one of the heists you can choose to hire really expensive vendors that do a really good job or less expensive vendors take more of a cut of the money for yourself, but you have to kind of chip
1: in more and
0: do more of the running around.
1: Oh yeah. So you're trying to also like make your own cut off of the wedding. Mm -hmm. And then what you can do is you can use the money that you make to sort of permanently sign on new vendors to your vendor group. That'll have different sort of mixes of like strengths and weaknesses. So you're like, okay, like I find myself going around and like taking care of hors d'oeuvres all night. I need something that's strong in hors d'oeuvres, but then like there's a whole section at the the front of the wedding where you're now gonna be worried about um they actually have a tendency of like undercooking things or overcooking things. So you're, you're more worried about kitchen stuff up front, but then you can kind of let that go and then worry mm. about like the DJing and stuff during the wedding. That's interesting. Yeah. So learning
0: not to stack the weaknesses at similar points during the weddings so that you can be there to assist. But if right, you, you get a little you know,
1: a brochure at the beginning of the wedding, like your own briefing of like, mm-hmm. look out for this problem and this problem and this one.
0: And you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Maybe there has to be something uniquely Australian about this pitch as well. What can we do to to throw some of uh that throw some Australian uh flair into the mix?
1: Well, Australian is a land of horrible monsters. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think the best thing that we could possibly do is also make you a crocodile dundee-like character who has to occasionally uh wrestle an alligator or stomp out a snake or something. Uh, that gets loose at these weddings so you're and you're trying to do it like with stealth right with that hitman like Mm. (laughs) uh calm so that uh the 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 family of the groom and the family of the bride don't actually find out that uh little baby joe got bit by a snake and you had to kill the snake and suck the poison out of his leg
0: (laughs) all right that uh takes us to 10 minutes so what are we going to (laughs) call this game
1: what a horrible game. Uh, H, uh, uh, this might sound lazy, but Bridal Bible is a pretty good... Yeah, I think it still fits. Or you could... Uh, what can we do? We could do uh, Bridal Outback or something? Do we really play up the Australian <laughs> angle on this now?
0: Yeah, let's see. Um, Outback Wedding? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Outback Take Vows, <laughs> like the Outback Steakhouse, that's... A couple oh my of God. Least rhymes away.
1: Nope, you are not. Ac- this is. I'm finally making you live with your decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you an alternative. Outback, take vows. Shame on us. This is the last episode of the show. <laughs> uh, uh, it is funny.
0: <laughs> well, uh, just looking through this Instagram, we were pitching. I'm learning a lot about Australian weddings and uh, they seem. A lot different than American weddings.
1: I'm also going to say this. I'm learning about these Australian weddings on Instagram that everyone is beautiful. The like yeah. men are, are svelte and tan and perfectly cut suits and all the women look great. It's unbelievable.
0: All the dresses are like... Like incredible dresses. They're not just like. I mean, wedding dresses are always nice, but these are all like right. <laughs> a very particular brand.
1: Yeah, it looks honestly like that they're just combing through a model shoots. Like the it. Yeah, which I kind
0: of expect they probably are, and just populating their Instagram with their favorite wedding photos. Because occasionally, you get a couple photos that are just like very homemade that are probably the actual team members.
1: Yeah. Right. You. You get the like. <laughs> Oh, we accidentally let Shirley use the Instagram account this
0: week. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see any of the, um, any of the iconography in any of these like staged sexy shots, you know?
1: I hope when, cause I'm getting my wedding photos back like sometime this coming week. Mm. Uh, I hope to look one fiftieth as sexy as some of these, uh, Australian people. Boy, oh boy. Maybe I need to move to Australia.
0: That's, that's the key. There's a lot of white people too. I'm kind of just scrolling through and it's a little <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's say
1: uh, samey. let's use that yeah. word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That's how they do it. Out there in the epic. Yeah. You get that many white people talking about a Bible and it's like, I don't know, it's a little a little spooky. I
1: don't love you wanna take vows. <laughs> Anyways,
0: that was uh a community <laughs> that was, pitch.
1: That was Q's impression hour. Thank you for <laughs> that was a
0: community pitch from one of our uh, one of our faithful listeners, the Bridal Bible Weddings, presumably a listener from the very beginning. We thank you for finally writing in. I know you've been really sitting on your hands trying to, uh, trying to come up with something. And uh, of course, we invite anyone to sign us up for anything. <laughs>
1: Oh God! <laughs> I don't know if I want to put that out there.
0: <laughs> uh, that is, that is free and goes to our email address and does not personally compromise either of us. Ah, there, or put us okay. on any FBI watchlist. Yeah, watch that's, list.
1: Uh, that's okay. That's that's semi halfway there. I'm not even sure about <laughs> signing us up for any old newsletter. You're like, but we'll uh, we'll find a way to to
0: make merriment and joy out of something as as banal as a wedding. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, weddings are, weddings are beautiful. And,
1: um, <laughs> you know this better than <laughs> anyone I had a very key. non-traditional one. You're not going to offend me by saying that it was, a. you know, we went to city hall. It was very simple. We rented a house. Everybody stayed together. We didn't do huge church, 300 people. Uh, we saved a bunch of money and everyone had way more fun. And, uh, at least they all said they did. Uh, so i think we had a uh, a
0: game of life themed wedding so you know i wore blue she wore pink she hopped my car we immediately drove off and bought a house and ran ourselves into somehow (laughs) stock market debt
1: (laughs) Uh, i had a trouble wedding where everybody was just constantly bumping into each other Mm. and knocking each other off the face of the earth it was pretty pretty exciting
0: that's that's brutal (laughs) If you would like to email us, you can do so at playwrightcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, playwrightcast.com slash pitch, or tweet us at playwrightcast. If you have video game ideas of your own you'd like to share and have read and uh, discussed on the show.
1: Special thank you to Proto Dome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. And thanks to the Cane & Rinse Podcast Network, you got to go check out some of these other shows, like The Sausage Factory, Cane & Rinse, and, of course, Sound of Play. And while I'm at it, while I'm at plugs here, I was looking at the podcast app in the the new version of macOS, and our last iTunes review is from a year ago. And thank you, by Mm. the way, to everybody that's left us a review, but I think it's time we refresh those. So... If you love the show, if you want to let other people know about the show, there's always a great way to get us discovered and to show us your love. And we will, of course, read those reviews on the show. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, whatever it is, leave us a review, give us those stars. It actually makes a huge difference for how people find shows like the Canon Rins Rinse Network and, and Playwright, of course.
0: Excellent suggestion. Let's uh, take ourselves out with another suggestion. Q, what is your miniature pitch to take us out today?
1: I want a video game. Uh, As you may or may not know, new to the iOS and Mac ecosystem is the automatic switching between dark mode and light mode. So I would like to have a video game where you have to go around turning light things dark and dark things light uh and see what sort of effect that might have (laughs) that's a good idea i like that
0: one we might explore that further in the future anyways uh thank you for listening that is uh that's all for today we'll catch you next week
1: bye the individual whole